So of the people that you, that you were deployed with or friends that you've made, um, have any of them uh, committed suicide uh, because of PTSD or, you know, not one, being... that, one that I know of, and that was uh, our medic. Uh, I, my heart goes out to the medics. The medics not only out there are out there with a weapon, you know, to, to come with us during missions, but they're also there to try to put you back together if you get shot or if you get blown up and some of the things that they get to see and experience and the, I believe the inability to heal people that are beyond repair, it hunts them forever to, to know that one day you're having a conversation with a friend, you're having a, you know, you're drinking a Gatorade with someone there. Uh, and then you get, you go on a mission the next day and then all of a sudden they, they got shot, they got blown up. And, and there's nothing you can do about it. What's up, and thanks for stopping by the show. I'm the host, Sean Dustin. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. It's good to have you with us today. Uh, it is, uh, what is today? Today is the uh, 24th of August. Um, let's see, air quality in California, horrible right now, all the fires uh, that are burning. It's just, uh, it's just, all I can smell the smoke outside. And I'm right in a wind tunnel, which is blowing it from the west, my way, uh, off of the, uh, I think it's coming off of the, off of the bay, coming my direction. Um, but yeah, uh, it's super, uh, well, not super, but it is very, uh, convenient, not convenient, but coincidental that, you know, it's, if, if it's not one thing, it's another thing that's, that's keeping us in, in the house and, uh, you know, I'm not saying that the fires were purposely done. Uh, a lot, it was lightning strikes, but you know, they, they can manipulate the weather. I don't know. Just kidding. <laughs> anyway, so today, uh, I'm, uh, talking to, well, you know what? Hold on. Before I go there, let's, uh, let's roll with some, uh, uh, how you can sponsor the show. Patreon. Uh, Patreon is a way that you can go over and subscribe, uh, to subscriber only content. Currently I'm loading it up with, uh, all my episodes that I've currently done, uh, through the $1 and $3, uh, contribution. You can, uh, get all of those ad free, uh, and intro outro free. And then if you want to jump up to the $10, all of the interviews that haven't come out yet, are are stacked over there and those are available actually unedited and most of them I haven't even listened to back yet since I recorded them um but yeah they will uh you can you can get those over there uh unedited and ad free as well or intro outro free as well um so yeah you can you can do that or if you just you know you don't want to be a subscriber and you just like what I'm doing and you want to give a one time donation uh you can hit me up on uh PayPal. Uh, you can go to PayPal uh NorCal Drone Services at yahoo.com on the PayPal. 
or you can Venmo me. And if you want to Venmo me, then uh, hit me up on uh, nowhere to go but up now gmail.com and uh, we can arrange that. Um, otherwise, you know, if you don't have any money, and I know a lot of us out there, you know, don't have extra money to spare, uh, the, the easiest and the best way that you could possibly do it is just subscribe. Uh, on the podcast platform that you're listening to, subscribe. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, if you go, if you want to watch me over on uh, YouTube, go and hit the subscribe button over there. Um, tell a friend if you like what I'm doing and you think that uh, my message will resonate with somebody that you know. Let them know about the show. Tell them they, they should check it out. Um, aside from that. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't really have much, much else. Um, check out the con, uh, at, uh, the con TV. Uh, it's a great, uh, new documentary series that just came out, uh, about the 2008 financial crisis and, uh, the real story behind it, what the, uh, big short and other documentaries haven't, uh, told you check that out. I've watched all, uh, five, five episodes and it's a great documentary. Um, it'll definitely piss you off for sure. Uh, all right. My guest today, Giampiero, uh, Scatalon. And we have a really good conversation about, um, <clears throat> PTSD. Uh, he lets me get to know him a little bit about his story and, uh, you know, what he's been through. Um, you know, as a combat veteran in Afghanistan, uh, you know, we just talk about PTSD, vulnerability, uh, as a man, uh, as a, as a male in society day today, uh, what vulnerability, uh, looks like, sounds like, um, you know, all that kind of good stuff. It's a deep, a little, little, little deep conversation, but definitely a good one. And, uh, you should check it out and I hope you enjoy it. So without further ado, let's get to the show. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and I'm your host, Sean Dustin. Today, we are talking to, you have a tough name here, Giampiero? <laughs> Correct, uh, yes. Giampiero uh, Scatalone? Yes. And uh, you're here because you want to talk about uh, your uh, struggle with PTSD uh, from being deployed to uh, Afghanistan and uh, the military career, correct? Correct. Yes. That's... Cool. Well, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, at this time uh, of changes, I think this is a good time to have a conversation. And um, I do appreciate the time that you you create the space for people to come and talk to you about different things. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, I, I enjoy uh, talking to people, but I also enjoy um, learning about people and, and, you know, issues that they have because it helps to enlighten me a little bit about issues that I may have and I don't even know. Yeah, that's, I think that's the power of conversations, genuine conversations, being able to, to share things. And then all of a sudden we hear some of our issues in the way other people are relating or speaking about their problems. And, uh, yeah, it's, it, I find it, uh, even healing to a degree to have a, a true genuine conversation with someone else. Okay. So how did you end up in, uh, in Afghanistan? 
So uh, remember in 2008, 2007, 2008, when we had a downturn in the economy? Yes. Uh, so the, they say that people do things out of inspiration or desperation. And at the time, I wanted to provide for my, my family, my kids, and, and I, I, I didn't have a job. So I was 32 and uh, the U.S. Army was hiring. So I went in there. I talked to them. They say, yeah, you're, you're right at that point where we can still let you come in if you want. And, uh, and I did. And I came into the military. Uh, and at the time, being 32, being around all these young, strong uh, soldiers, you know, 18, 19-year-old kids, straight out of high school. Some of them had competed in sports for many years. I was just hoping that I could make it, that I could keep up with these kids. And I found myself keeping up and thinking, okay, maybe maybe I can make it. Maybe I can do this. And, and I did. I graduated from my basic training class. And I found myself soon after uh, in Germany and then soon after deployed to Afghanistan. Wow. So it happened really quick. <laughs> yeah, I have a uh, one of my roommates or my old roommate. Uh, he's uh, He was a EOD guy for... Uh, the air force. Okay. And he was in, uh, in Afghanistan as well. And he told me some stories, um, that, uh, I, I could, I just, I couldn't even fathom, uh, uh, like I couldn't wrap my head around some of the stories that he was telling me, you know what I mean? Of things that had happened to him, uh, you know, when, cause they were EOD, they're, they're ex explosive ordinance, uh, people yeah. so i mean you know they're they're out there searching for ieds uh mm -hmm. on the convoy you know when they're going through you know like fallujah and all these other i don't know if fallujah was there but some of these other places you know what i mean they're mm -hmm. in and uh yeah i just i i couldn't imagine what what that is or what that would even be like right and this is why it's so important to listen to other people and to have these conversations it was last year when I went to this uh, breakfast for veterans and one veteran was speaking about his experience in, in Iraq. And he started his speech by saying, imagine waking up every day knowing that you are going to die today. And I was like, it clicked in my head. I've been wanting to express that sentiment. I just didn't know how. And that sentence said it, said, said it perfectly. Imagine waking up every day knowing that you're going to die. And that's what it, exactly what it felt like. I just never knew how to express it. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be it's got to be tough and thank you for your service by the way. Oh, thank you. Um but on, I mean on the flip side of that, I mean you're 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 being placed into a, a situation uh when you go overseas and and you're, you know, we're occupying uh whatever area it is mm -hmm. um uh war zone uh conflict area uh mm -hmm. it, but there are children women families uh in these areas where they they deal with this every day before you've even got there you know what i mean and yes. it's almost like it's almost it's normalcy for them because you still you see pictures here in the west uh where you know, people are playing and, and going about life as if nothing's ever is nothing's happening. But in the distance, you know, that there's being bombs dropped, uh, you know, there's, there's casualties happening not too far away. Right. I mean, that it, it is literally happening in their backyard and 
these people is their everyday life. It's their normal. And uh, you arrive there and you have all these hopes and dreams that you are going to be there and you're going to make a difference. And you're not really prepared to see your friends get hurt, to see children get hurt, to see other adults uh, get hurt. And in the end, it's everybody's hurting and you're in the middle of it. And it's not pleasant. It's not, uh, it's not like a movie anymore. You're in the midst of it and you're not uh, numb. At some point, you do get numb from the emotions, but it will come up at some point in your life. But, uh, and, and I think that that's what PTSD is, all these suppressed emotions and feelings uh, that through every day, your body releases all this adrenaline and you're just doing patrols and trying to toughen up and just get through the day and you don't get to deal with it. I remember arriving there and I used to ride home and I would ask uh, my family, hey, don't forget, send me some candy because there's this adorable kids in the streets who always come and they just want to talk to us. So we always give them a, a handful of candy. Uh, towards the end of my deployment, I was like, stay away from me. I, you're dangerous or like uh, there's a potential danger with every interaction you have with everyone. So little by little you change and you don't see it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I mean, we don't, we don't understand the people that don't go out and enlist and, and serve in these in areas. We just, we just, it's just not something that, I mean, yeah, we see movies, but that doesn't, that, that, that isn't even close to what, what it actually is, you know? Right. You know, cause there's, there's, there's so many different elements to it, the human element to it. I mean, Jesus, I mean, heaven forbid that, that you, you know, are put in a situation where you have to kill a woman or a child and it's not on purpose. It's just collateral damage from, you know what I mean? You're just, you're protecting yourself. You right. Know? And sometimes it happens. And sometimes, you know, I've, I've heard even that they use, you know, the, the women and children as shields. So you have no choice. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's 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 definitely tough, and you know, the, uh, to talk about it from far away as a third person, it's one thing. To watch a movie or play a video game is one thing, but when that's what you're doing twenty four seven, even like you really never go to sleep. A lot of the guys that go there develop sleep disorders because you're never really sleeping because anything. All of a sudden, they say, "Okay, gear up." And then you just gear up and then you're on standby because uh, it's like we get ready for, for a fight and sometimes the fight never happens. So at any given moment, it's time to go out, as they say, outside the wire. And, uh, and sometimes it doesn't happen, but you become hyper alert. And that's one of the, the way they describe my condition, uh, PTSD, much later when I was diagnosed that I, I was constantly, I was hyper alert. I was always looking for where the trouble is going to come from. And that helps you to survive while you are there during the deployment. But that's not what you're supposed to be doing when you're hanging out with your family, friends, when you're just uh, you're getting ready to go to bed or you wake up in the middle of the night and then you feel imminent danger, even though you're in the safety of your own home. Yeah, I, I mean, I've, I've experienced PTSD myself and the same thing. It's, uh, you know, when I was in prison, uh, you're, yeah. you're in a heightened, heightened alertness, 
You know what I mean? Because yeah. at any moment something could, could happen. You know, you could be put in a dangerous situation. There could be a fight that breaks out that turns into a riot. You know, you know, you never know what could happen there. And it, and it's the same thing. And, it, and, you know, I imagine not the same, but the same outcome of, well, of the yeah, situation. I'm, at the end of the day, trauma is trauma. I know that there's a lot of people. Yes, it does happen to soldiers and it also happens to everyday people. Uh, you were involved in an accident. You had a dangerous job. You were a police officer. You were, you were in prison. Uh, something happened to your family. Your family was attacked or you were assaulted. You were raped. There's all these different things that could have happened to an individual. And then you have to live with that for the rest of your life. And if you don't have an outlet, it will consume you. Yeah. So do you feel, um, when you were there, uh, that I, we hear a lot of different stories about the reasons mm-hmm. that we were there, um, yeah. what it was about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, was it, was it political? Was it, you know what I mean? So, did, I mean, at any point did you ever like stop and, and look at yourself or, or somebody that you were there with one of your, one of your comrades? Uh, I mean, like, what are we doing here? That, that came came much late, later. I think uh, everybody comes in with their own ideas, their own philosophies, their own politics. And then you begin to build these bonds with your brothers, you know, all, the, all these men around, uh, around you. And then the main focus is we're here for each other and we're here to, to protect each other. And I think later on when I came back from my deployment, at least this was my own experience, was that I began to question myself. Why did I go there? Did I create more problems than uh, maybe I shouldn't have gone or I should have been a better soldier or should have, I should have done this, I should have done that. Uh, and, and you get filled with regret and guilt and anger. And none of those feelings, none of those emotions feel good. Uh, and again, they consume you uh, because no matter what you do, you cannot change the outcome of war. You show up there, and your boots in the ground, you're a rifleman, and, uh, and you do what you have to do to survive. And everybody has the reasons why they go there. And uh, I think, yeah, you're just in survival mode. So I, I don't think we, we, we hardly ever have time to discuss the pros and cons. You, just, you are there to, to help each other survive. Yeah, the, the rest of it comes later when you're all alone and... Uh, there is no danger anymore, but you perceive that there is danger, but it's all happening inside of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's that internal conflict, you know, yes. that, that comes when you, you start reflecting, you know, ref- mm-hmm. reflecting on, on, or processing, you know, you're right. pro- processing the, uh, the experience, the, the events, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I imagine you probably have seen some things that most people probably would never have, would never see in their life, you know, right. outside I, of a movie set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? of course. Uh, and like I said, more than anything is uh, for me, it was like to see children get hurt because yeah. then I would think about my children and then uh, that was painful. And then to see all, you know, grown men being hurt, being shot, being uh in pain and and then you get to live with the memories for the rest of your life yeah and, I, I, like i i just i i couldn't imagine like just the other day i mean I'm, 
some birds fell out of my ex's uh, a bird nest and and one of them was you know uh fell out and got hurt and was barely alive and was suffering so i started bawling you know what i mean because that's sad i was like so yeah. dude there's nothing there's little guys suffering and i, I, don't, I don't know what to do you know i don't yeah. want i don't want to be the one to kill him and put him out mm-hmm. of his misery so i had to call uh i called the neighbor and you know, ask what he do. I'm like, hey, dude, do you think you can do it? Because I don't, I don't, I don't want to be. I don't want to. I don't want to kill anything. Right. You know. So I mean, yeah, I don't, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know how I would do. <laughs> I mean, I guess well, you, you're going to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. said, you, it's it, it's a matter of uh, uh, suppressing it because you know that you know these guys depend on are depending on me as well as I'm depending on them to, to right. make sure that we get out of this. 100%. And, uh, I build really strong friendships with uh, some of the guys there because we're counting on each other. And if they know you're doing your job and they're doing their job, then you feel this sense of safety, even in the midst of, uh, uh, war and, yeah, you, you grow this bond. And then, of course, if they get hurt or if they something happens to them or something ha- is happening at home, a lot of us uh, came home to to no home because a lot of them were having relationship issues because you don't communicate with your partner. You cannot uh, talk about your daily routines and struggles, even though every now and then you get to talk on the phone with your family. There's a lot of things are not to talk about. And then uh, couples grow apart. And then a lot of the guys that I serve with uh, eventually uh, got divorced. Yeah. I mean, it, well, a lot of it is, I mean, uh, probably you just don't want to burden them or worry them about your safety. Right. It's twofold. One of them is that. And the other one is that for safety reasons and security reasons, we're not to speak about certain details of where we're at and what we're doing and the mission. Yeah. So of the people that you, that you were deployed with or friends that you've made, um, and since it's going to be, you don't have to answer this question if you don't want oh, to, but I'm an open book. Ask me anything. Um, have any of them, uh, committed suicide, uh, because of PTSD or, you know, not one, being... that, one that I know of, and that was, uh, our medic, uh, I, my heart goes out to the medics, the medics, not only out there are out there with a weapon, you know, to, to come with us during missions, but they're also there to try to put you back together if you get shot or if you get blown up. And some of the things that they get to see and experience and the, I believe the inability to heal people that are beyond repair, it hunts them forever. To, to know that one day you're having a conversation with a friend, you're having a, you know, you're drinking a Gatorade with someone there, uh, and then you get you go on a mission the next day, and then all of a sudden they, they got shot, they got blown up, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I think they get they get to carry that with them, and uh, they will never forget all the. I mean, what what do they do? Somebody gets hurt, they go there, they try to stop the bleeding, and they try to put people back together. Uh, not only uh, fellow soldiers, but also uh, people in the communities that we are there to protect in the villages. So sometimes they, they brought us their children who had been hurt. Sometimes they brought us their uh, other adults who had been uh, blown up and, uh, 
and there they went. They, they went to do their job as medics, what they were trained for. But I think to, to live with those memories on top of all the other worries and concerns that they have as individuals, uh, the relationships back home and everything. So, yeah, it was about a couple of years ago where, where he, he committed suicide. He, I believe he shot himself. Um, even uh, recently, there's a song that uh, Bon Jovi made about, uh, uh, I think it's I'm Broken, the name of the song. And uh, he mentions one of the st- statistics that 22 veterans commit suicide every day. So, yeah, uh, that's, yeah it's tough. I think probably the... I, I, just thinking about that, being a medic, um, and, and, and what, and the, the picture you just painted for me, I mean, you, I would imagine they, they had to have heard a lot of last words. Probably. Yeah. I, I, I would say that, or, I mean, I mean, that's great. That's crazy to think about. Like, yeah. like, let's just say, let, let's just use the number of 10 people that, you know, you got to hear their last words. Mm-hmm. That's heavy, man. Yeah. You well, know, yeah. That, that's super heavy. <laughs> to make yeah, me want to go uh, get high right now. <laughs> just thinking, <laughs> just thinking about it. I mean, seriously, it's, it's, yeah. what do you do with that? It, <laughs> it, it, I would say it can be overwhelming just because not only are you a human dealing with your own personal uh, issues, but you're also dealing with being a priest, a brother, a father, uh, a man just being there like, okay, I'm here for you. It's going to be all right. And you as a, a as somebody who's watching, you're like, oh, it's not going to be all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I could see that that's going to be tough. So my heart goes out to all the medics. I mean, everybody plays an important role. Uh, but yeah, those medics out there, they they do a lot. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's not only them too. I mean, they're on the front lines, but there's always, I mean, I, I've, I've heard, uh, that even the drone, uh, the drone people that, you know, are operating those drones and doing the strikes and stuff. I mean, that it, it affects them too. Mm-hmm. Everyone. And I also, something that I read, uh, a couple of years ago that, uh, it hit me really, really hard. I, I, I had not considered how also the wives of the soldiers, waiting at home, also thinking every day, will today be the day when they give me that phone call or they let me know that my husband has passed? And that also creates a trauma for all those wives who are there supportive, waiting at home, taking care of the home, the children, not knowing whether they're going to see their, their husbands again. So let me let me switch directions here real quick, just, just for one question. Um, so... Recently, you know, we're we're involved in a uh, 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 what is that presidential deal uh, where we've had some uh, candidates for the Democrats and and whatnot, and we had one that was speaking out about uh, regime change wars uh, and and you know being the world the world's police. Um, do you do you think there or or do you have any feelings on like Tulsi Gabbard? In, in which okay. she was, which she was talking about, and being a veteran herself of two tours in Iraq, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, do you do you do you have any anything to say about about her position or you know? I I used to, but there's a phrase that I learned in the military that there's a lot of moving pieces. 
And what you can see from where you're at, uh, what you can see there, you cannot see the bigger picture. And there are so many components and we're all all over the place. Everybody's trying to do their job to the best of their ability. But sometimes we don't know, we don't see the bigger picture. So it's hard to, to, to say something and, uh, and criticize uh, because most of us will never know the bigger picture. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question. It's, uh, it's difficult to oversimplify a situation because, like, for example, my job was to be boots on the ground, but then there are some people who are in charge of creating the plan and creating the plan that affects thousands of soldiers who are deployed and scattered all over the place and every region, every area is slightly different and every issue that is happening in every little region uh, is slightly different because of the tribes, the different tribes and the different issues, the different problems. So, yeah, it's hard for me to to, to give a specific question because I don't know enough. All so, I knew is like, here's my assignment. You're going to go to that specific area. Your job is to show presence, to show the enemy that here we are and we're here to stay. And you're going to see us every day, so you better go away. And right. that was my job. Well, let, me, let me rephrase that then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Do you think that the taxpayers' dollars could be better spent instead of being in all of those places that you're talking about? You know what I mean? And trying to, you know, in our attempt to try to make the world a safer place, mm-hmm. um, do you think that that's working? And do you think that the money that we're spending, the trillions of dollars that we're spending on defense and having, you know, the soldiers stationed all over the world mm-hmm. uh, could be better spent here at home with some of the problems that we have at home instead of worrying about what the rest of the world's doing. Huh. Well, and I'm no expert. I mean, t- right. by, by any means, I just, right. Neither am I. I you've probably seen the movie uh, Black Hawk Down, right? Yeah. And at the beginning, the movie starts with a quote that says, only the dead have seen the end of war. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. war is something older than religion. So war has always happened. And every time you get a, an empire, a society, a group of people who begin to prosper, uh, you know, there is always, uh, there's always people out there who think in very simplistic terms, they must be doing something wrong. That's why they have all the goods. So let's go after them. And no matter what kind of society you create, there is always going to be haters who, who will want to come into your beautiful Garden of Eden that you've created to take something because they feel it's not just that they have all the stuff and we don't. So let's just go take it. And I think, uh, I mean, why do we have, uh, and I, I'm going to oversimplify it maybe, but why do we have, uh, why do we lock our doors at home every night or every day? Yeah, yeah, you got a point. Because there's always that chance that somebody may come and invite it. And I'm all for like helping the less fortunate. At times I've been less fortunate and I've been helped. But 
this is why we have uh, boundaries, that this is why we have fences, because the moment somebody feels that maybe the, the reason why you have everything that you have is because you did something wrong or you cheated the world, so we must just come and take it. And I think that I'm not saying that the U.S. has never done anything wrong. I'm just saying that there's, there's both. We've, we do things that sometimes are questionable. I guess that's the best way I can say it. But sometimes we do a lot of good for other people. One thing that I, re- that I know, for example, every time a young man with uh, not a lot of education joins the military, you move that young man or that young woman from poverty to the middle class. And I think that sort of helps us and helps them. Like looking back at everything that the, everything that the army was, has given me because of my service that I was able to take care of my family and my children. And I was able to provide for them during that time and the education that they've been able to give me because I put some skin in the game and then in return they say if something happens to you okay we're going to we're going to give you healthcare and we're going to give you education and if you get hurt okay we'll we'll train you in something else so you can uh so you, you can be able to provide for your family and they kept a promise so so it's, yeah, com- it's I mean, complicated then. It's complicated. It's very complicated. Yeah. It's not just black and white. It's not right or wrong. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, it's very nuanced and, and, uh, it has a lot of, uh, different things and, and it, just like war. I mean, it has a lot of moving parts. It, there's not just oh, yes. one thing that, that, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, uh, let's move back into, uh, PTSD and, and, and what it is that you're doing. Do you have a, do you have a podcast or anything like that? I don't. I, I've decided to start, uh, uh, asking people who have podcasts to bring me in so I can talk about my experience. I want to be a inspirational speaker and, uh, I am a huge proponent of having conversations with people because this is what happened to me. I, uh, so when I came back from my deployment, I I was never the same, and I was uh, I'm by nature I'm a very charismatic, happy kind of person, always smiling. And some of my closest friends reached out to me and they said, "Jean Piero, you don't smile like you used to. Maybe you need to talk to someone." And I heard it a couple of times when I realized, okay, maybe there's something to what they're saying. And I went to the VA and I said, I need to talk to someone. And I knew it. And I also, I mean, they knew it and I knew it. I started started drinking. I started drinking and my wife didn't even know. I drank for like four months. And I kept it in such a way, such a scheduled way, that by the time she would come home, I I had already sobered up, washed my uh, brushed my teeth, cleaned up, and I look good. And hey, baby, welcome home. You want some dinner? Yeah. <laughs> and and she didn't know. But I realized, okay, people are telling me that I'm not smiling as I used to, and I know that I'm drinking, and I know that this is not a long term solution. And well, the VA is right right over there, it's close to my house. I need to go talk to someone, and I went, and they assigned me a a psychologist, and I went to talk to him every two weeks for ten months. And in hindsight, what I realized is that he never tell me, he never gave me any advice. What he did is he created the space for me to speak 
And when I started speaking, I be- started listening to myself and I began to put myself together. I began to, I gave myself permission to say what I'm feeling today is anger. What I'm feeling today is frustration. What I'm feeling today is sadness. And being able to speak that in front of another man, because my therapist was a man, uh, just gave me, gave me permission to feel and then articulate what I was feeling. And then later on, I was able to tell my wife, you know, like, hey, baby, what I need from you today is just, I want to say something. I'm just going to ramble a little bit. Can I speak to you? Just don't, don't, don't fix me. Don't, don't feel like you need to fix me. Uh, but I feel like I'm going to blow up inside of emo- with emotion. And I just, can I talk to you? And that is something that a lot of us, I, uh, maybe I can speak for men when I say we were not trained or we were not uh, taught that it's okay to feel emotions. It's okay to cry and it's okay to say to someone, I need you to listen to me. Please talk to me. Uh, let me talk and listen. Uh, and I discovered that throughout, throughout this whole process. Yeah, I, I've had to do that myself too. Um telling people because people just naturally when when you talk about you know your past and traumas and stuff like that they mm-hmm. i feel like they tend to want to like help i mean it comes from a yeah. good place you know what i mean it, it, it definitely comes from a good place but mm-hmm. a lot of times you know when i'm i just need somebody to soundboard for me you know what i mean i don't need you i don't i don't need you to fix me i don't need you to you know give me uh any kind of a pep talk i just need you to listen so I can help process myself. Yes, that that's exactly it. Like one of the things that uh, that I've learned, and this has come because of uh, the therapy, and has come because I did a lot of uh, self work. I read a lot of books, and uh, there's a book that influenced me a lot in the last three years, and it's uh, Twelve Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've heard of Jordan Peterson. I like him a lot. Yes. So he has been very influential to help me put myself together. And one of the rules that he has is rule eight that says, tell the truth or at least don't lie. And oftentimes when people ask us, how are you doing? We say, I'm okay. And that is not the truth because sometimes we do feel like crap. Sometimes we don't feel a hundred percent. And then the moment we say we're okay, we're basically conspiring to keep us sick keep us depressed because the moment you say i'm okay there's no need to fix or change anything because you're okay yeah but if you were to if you were able to find people you trust and tell them today you know what i'm feeling anxious or today i'm feeling angry or today i'm feeling like i'm not worthy of all the wonderful things i have around me uh and of course be careful who you speak to you have to Identify the group of people, the people, the key people that you're going to be able to share with this, this, these things with and relieve the, the burden from them that, oh, do, do I need to say something? Do I need to give them some advice? Just learn to tell people, be there for me. I just need to, like you said earlier, a soundboard, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're, you're absolutely right. You do, when you get into those spaces and you're, you're, you're being vulnerable by telling somebody, you know, where you're at, how you're feeling, uh, what's going through your head, uh, mm-hmm. that they don't use that against you later on down the road, you know, and it, 
depending on the kind of relationship you're in, and I imagine you know that some some people do experience this. I've experienced it myself. That you you get vulnerable, and then you tell people you you tell somebody you know that that's close to you something, and then one day you get in a fight or an argument, and that gets thrown in your face. Yes, and then, I, and then I, what I, happens? You, now you shut down completely. You don't want to talk to anybody anymore. One hundred percent, and th- you see that is, that is the tricky thing about vulnerability. Vulnerability will help you heal, but at the same time, there's a risk because you don't only show people the, the things that you think are good about you, but you have to show them everything. You expose yourself to them emotionally, and there is a chance that they may use that against you. But if you only show them, if you only show them the best parts of you, they will never be able to understand you. So it's almost like you're living a lie because I think I've heard a lot of people trying to express frustration because people don't really see me. It's like, because you never show them every part of you and you have to, you have to be willing to go there and show them every part of you. And uh, I, I like one of the, things that I learned from Jordan Peterson is uh, one of his rules is uh, stand up straight with your shoulders back. And he talks how in nature, when you see a beast or even us, when we fight, we expose ourselves. All our vital organs are exposed when we stand up straight and we show our chest. Uh, But that's the only way to confront what's scary out there, to stand up straight and expose yourself. But then at the same time, you also become a little more daring and threatening as opposed to cover yourself up and then you will feel all this uh, depression and you will look weak and then people may may come after you because of your you look weak yeah how how you're carrying yourself yes exactly yeah i I like jordan i i I discovered jordan through uh joe rogan oh yeah and then and then uh i also discovered uh sam harris through through him and then like a lot of a lot of what i listen to has spawned from joe rogan or, or anybody that he's had on his podcast because i listened oh, yes. to him for a couple of years straight and then like all my whole catalog ended up coming from his show you know so I, jordan peterson sam harris uh yes uh, who else uh god uh johan hari uh dude the list goes on and on he's uh, he's got Chuck such Willick. a uh-huh. Yeah, he's got such a wide range of of interests and in people that are are on his show that are very uh, interesting and and informative, you know. Right, and and this is what I like about uh, Joe Rogan is his uh, he knows a lot, and yet he's open to learning and to be able to to listen to someone and to understand where they're coming from. And I think the more conversations we have, we have with other people, okay, you're probably going to tell me something that I may not agree with, but I'm going to sit here and I'm going to try to understand where you come from. I'm not going to refute you. Um, my job here is as a listener to understand where you're coming from and why you feel the way you feel. And I think more conversations and arguments would end up better, we'll, we'll end up in a better place when we take that stance. Not that I am right and I'm going to prove you wrong, but I'm going to try to understand you because then we ask, that's exactly what we're asking for them to do. 
I'm going to speak. And hopefully through what I'm saying, eventually you will be able to understand me a little better. And I think that's what Joe Rogan does really well. Yeah, I mean, we all, I mean, we can read the same, we can read the exact same thing and, and you and I can perceive it differently. Yes. And yes. that's, you know, that, that's what makes everybody unique is that just be, you know, we're, we're all different. Uh, we all see and, things different. We all have experienced things in our lives as, as children and we're raised differently. So, right. so, I mean, all these come into play and in how we perceive stuff. Yes. And one, one thing is that sometimes we see ourselves as a constant that we're never changing, but we're always learning and we're always changing. I, I heard a quote that goes something like this recently, that when you read a book for the second time, then you see something that you didn't see before. And the point is not that that stuff was never there before. It's that there is something in you that was never there before. So you will continue to have a conversation or read something or study something and you, you will always discover something new because you are the one who's changing. You are the one who's evolving. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, a podcast is a great way to, uh, to heal you yes. know, because you, you know, and, and I, I would suggest, you know, it, if this is something that you enjoy doing, uh, think about it, you know, because like it's, it's helped me immensely to be able to talk about, you know, like, like two days, I, I record two days and, uh, Thursdays and Fridays and, like I've been lining them up and I, when I get done at the end of the day from, uh, you know, six or seven, you know, episodes that I've, or recordings or conversations that I've had with mm -hmm. all kinds of different people and you don't have to do that many, but it, it's, it's a release. It is. You know what I mean? It's not, not only am I, am I, you know, hearing your truth, but I'm also getting to, uh, relate to you and, and relate some of the things that I'm, I may be going through at the same time, or maybe you, you even, you know, show me something that I didn't know or, yes. or, or, or the way that I've looked at something, maybe it wasn't okay. Maybe I'm, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the way that I'm, I'm coming at this isn't, is, is not the right way, you know? 100%. And again, it's just another one of those rules from Jordan Peterson is assume that the person you're talking to knows something that you don't know. And that also reminds me of another quote that I heard a long time ago, that no one can be too poor to be able to give something to someone else. And no one can be too sick to help someone heal. And this is the concept or the idea of the broken healer. And the one person that I think of, it's a fictitious character, but from uh, the Star Wars, Star Wars, uh, Joda. Yeah. He, he's an old man, very wise, but he's short. He's a little weird. He, he speaks uh, differently and he has a cane. And yet he's one of the most powerful uh, Jedis uh, that exist. And I think we can, even if we're sick, we, we can still help someone heal. Even if we're broke, we can still give something to someone, something that they didn't have. Yeah, all we have to have is the ability to listen and understand. Yes. You know, come come from a place of understanding and and be willing to hear uh and not be married to to anything. And I I think that's a, that's the big part right there is 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 when you when you 
can come into anything and you're not married to your idea of what that is. Right. You know, because everything is changing all the time. Everything's evolving. I mean, we're figuring out that, you know, all the time something will come up and they found bones from, you know, uh, some archaeological dig that has just proved that, you know, we've been here longer than, than we did. So now that changes. Yeah. Uh, you know, and so, I mean, everything is constantly changing. We're finding out things all the time that we didn't know that change the, that change the rules, I guess, or not the rules, but the, uh, that changed the, the direction of where we thought we were to, okay, well, now we're here. We thought we were right. over here, but now we're over here. So now what are we going to do about it? You know, <laughs> yeah. so you, you can't, you can't be, you have to, what's that word I'm looking for? You have to be, uh, flexible. Yes. You know, in order yeah. to be a human in this, in this day and age. Yeah, well, 100%. And the interesting thing is that some of the questions that we continue to to find answers to are questions that were being asked 300 years or longer before even Christianity showed up in the picture, which means that we, as human beings, there is something inside of us that wants to know, why am I here? What is my purpose? Uh, how do I, what role do I play in this big, uh, whatever this is that I'm in, you know, some people may call it a life purpose. Some people may call it, uh, you know, some of the smarter guys, they call it a, oh, what do they call it? A simulation or whatever you want to call it. But we all have the same questions and we've had the same questions forever. Uh, one of the there's one of the quotes that I like from Socrates that says, uh, if you get, if you don't get what you want, you suffer. And even if you get exactly what you want, you still suffer because you know that it's not going to last forever. Mm. And at the end of the day, we're all the same. We're all going through our journeys and we're all looking for answers. And I think the way we find answers, and this is why I love what you do is, uh, we find answers to our questions by learning how to ask better questions. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. As, some, sure. as somebody who just, you know, started doing this, doesn't have any experience, you know, listen, listen to some, some Joe Rogan got inspired and, and went and bought some stuff to, to, to try and make a difference. You know, I'm learning, I'm learning all the time on how to, how to talk and how to ask questions. Um, you know, I wasn't an interviewer. I don't know what to, I don't, you know, I, I just, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's always evolving everything all the time. Right. I mean, just look at me, someone who's just out there trying to get my message out there and reaching out to podcasters like you. Now I have to be in a schedule. I have to like interview. Uh, I have to ask you, like ask people like you, Hey, can you have me on your show? And then, I start a, a dialogue with you and then I have to look at my big schedule. Okay. I'm going to schedule him for this time and then reach out to another person. And in the couple of weeks that I've been doing this, I see myself becoming a little more disciplined, a little more goal oriented. And yeah, it's, it changes you. Yeah. Now you're seeing what's, what's available to you. You're seeing what, you know, what opportunities that, that may, you know, arise from this, or, you know, maybe you find different ways that you can help somebody that you didn't think of before. Yes. 
So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's awesome. All right, so we're going to have to wrap this up. So why don't you go ahead? And, do you have any uh, social media or anything that you want to uh, appear in the show notes or, or or plug while you're here? Yeah, I mean the same as my name. My name is right there on the screen, Jean Piero Scatalon. I hope it shows. Yeah, I, it anything does. that. Yeah, okay, Jean Piero Scatalon. I'm at uh, Jean Piero M Scatalon in on Facebook. If you Google Jean Piero Scatalon, you're going to find all my social media because. Uh, my name is not very common, so you will find me. And uh, if you could put my, my name, my Facebook, and uh, yeah, people can find me. I'm working on building a, a landing page so people can come and find me and I can put all my stuff together. At the end of the day, what uh, I'm, a, I'm a huge proponent of people doing what we're doing, having a conversation, having an open mind to discuss ideas back and forth, not to prove the other one wrong, but just to, to try to, to understand other people. And also one of the beautiful things about having a conversation is being able to hear you say stuff because sometimes the stuff sounds really clever in our head, but the moment we say it, we realize, okay, that wasn't very sharp. That wasn't very good. Yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> When it's yeah. in your when it's in your head, it's like, oh my god, this is so profound. I can't wait to share it with 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 somebody. And then when you when you say it, you're like, God, that sounded stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And in order for you to to become the hero of your story, that hero's journey is that first you're going to be the fool. You're going to make a fool out of yourself, and you keep going, and eventually you become the hero of your own story. And but you have to put a skin in the game, and part of that is looking ridiculous and saying the wrong thing, say it wrongly until you're able to be able to articulate uh, an idea. Uh, what do they call it? A philosophy, mm. a philosophy of life that you can stand by it. No longer quoting Jordan Peterson or Joe Rogan, but you say, "This is what I believe." Don't hide behind your parents' philosophies or be your religious philosophies, but this is what I stand for. This is. This is my philosophy. Yeah, that was that was built on your own experiences. You know? Yes, yes. All right. Well, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to come and talk to me today. Uh, I, I enjoyed the conversation. Um, as always, I, I, I like to meet new people. And uh, again, thank you for your service. And uh, you. if you ever want to, you know, reach out and, and talk again, let me know. Absolutely. Thank you so much. You're welcome, brother. You. Take it easy. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Wash your hands. <laughs> Stay inside. <laughs>